Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 79 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, the man who learned how to make a banana split at Sunday school, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? Join those banana splits. That's right. Also joining us in the studio once again, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. He's going to give you one. I'm sorry. Different spelling of Sunday. Yes. I do know that. Yes. Yeah, the difference yes. between a Sunday and Sunday school. This so, is true. Yeah. I like banana splits. Do you? Yeah. I think Are they're very fan? underrated. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're so, fantastic. I remember getting them from like Dairy Queen as a kid. I don't oh. think I've had one in a while, though. Dude, Dairy Queen banana splits yeah. are Nothing legit. wrong with that, right? I, I like the dip cone ones, though. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the chocolate Ooh, dip cones. Good too. Yeah. Dude, what is it know. they put in there that makes it like... it? It's so it's good. Kind of yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not really good, good for us. I, I'm a fan. When I was in the second grade, maybe, my dad told me, for every home run I hit, he would give me a banana split from Dairy okay. Queen. It's all the motivation <laughs> I needed. So, uh, I mean, I've always been a big fan of banana splits. They're yeah. really good. Yeah, I'm a fan. Wow. Well, glad we got to talk mm, about yeah. that. Yeah, good. I, wanna, I might get one today on oh, the yeah, way yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go grab you one. There's Dairy Queen Dairy, not too far from yeah, here. Yeah, it's a long line. I mean, Every God, single yeah, time. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the food's so good. I right. get it. And the people there, they're working hard. Yeah. But I don't know if I got that much time. It, it's like Zaxby's. You ever drive by Zaxby's? It's like a super long line every time. Zax. I, don't know, I love Zaxby's. Yeah. The Zax sauce. I've never had canes. We don't have it here, oh, man. We've never man. had canes. Is yeah. that a Mississippi thing? It's a Louisiana thing. Ooh, oh, but, okay. Uh, okay. Zaxby's is a Georgia thing. Athens, Georgia yeah. headquarters. So, uh, so you would think somewhere in between in Alabama, those two things would collide. But yeah. You know, yeah. Here we, are, yeah. Maybe. we don't have canes. We don't have Alabama. Zaxby's. I never, we, ha- we have a right, gut field trip. We're going to go. Right. To, we're going to Louisiana. <laughs> we're going to Canes. There you go. All right. I'm in. So today on the Fast Food Podcast, we will we will talk about some of the different food. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, gentlemen, how are we? doing today it was uh got a little bit cooler this weekend how how was y'all's weekend y'all get up to anything crazy adam we'll start with you bud you told us a few weeks ago you said we're in false spring that's true and then we're going to go back to winter and i didn't so, believe them yeah i didn't either <laughs> here we but are. my goodness do not doubt me yeah you, you I, know I the weather. someone who's lived here your whole life <laughs> yeah. you know the weather patterns yeah. um the good news after this we should actually warm up and it'll be it'll be good and then we're good i think good so. to go yeah. for I mean, a while going from 40 to 80 and you know i mean we're under 80 to 40 or something like that yeah freezing this week it's crazy you know, life's always good. It's all about your attitude, yeah. Matthew, sure. your sure. perspective. Sure. I've had a few incidents with some things bit. happen around the house. If I <laughs> oh, be honest, no. my mailbox rotted off, and so I've had <laughs> to figure out. Really? Yeah. Now, too. how weird know. is that? That's, that's so very weird. Um, my mailbox is just, fun. Just you know, rotted right off, falls on the ground, and so <laughs> I'm like, it was just my door on mine. I just no, like that's literally on the ground. It's on the ground. They won't deliver your mail, so I did what any good person would do. I called Morgan and said, "Get the mail stopped for like two weeks, you know, because I got to figure this out." You can put some duct tape around it'd be good man well, i figured it out like <laughs> oh, I, yeah i figured it out like even though the wood was rotting i managed to find one still spot there we go screw that sucker back in so it's on yeah. it's up now yeah. i don't know what will happen when mail gets put back in there yeah but like my mailbox is super close to a really busy road right so like i'm out there you know putting this thing together like <laughs> this is gonna be how i meet jesus and so <laughs> then everybody at vaughn forest will be mad because like, why didn't you call us we would have taken care of it but i did it mailbox is up it took a lot of time so, so I'm kind of proud of myself. So the, the mail stopped for two weeks. He's got it duct taped on there, and uh-huh. they're going to put two weeks worth of mail in there, and it's just going to not duct taped. Okay. It is screwed. <laughs> okay, All right. and they're so we gold. They're golden screws. Oh, okay. These are like the best screws that money can buy. Okay, I, at least I think so. 
<laughs> what so, kind uh, of screws are these golden? Well, they came in a two pack. I don't know. <laughs> came in a two pack. <laughs> I had to buy two of them because I needed four. That's right. But anyway, yeah. I, I got that taken well, care good. of. I'm well, good. I'm proud of myself. Very, very handy. That's the awesome. Podcast <laughs> is a way for me to brag. So. Hey, yeah, 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 man. <laughs> you did it. What'd you fix this weekend, man? Yeah. Uh, I fixed my mailbox door. Okay. Uh, and then you know, Banjo decided he wanted to make a new door in our house. By going through for the our new listeners, Banjo is Matt's dog. Yeah, Banjo is my that. dog. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not a nickname for D. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> no. sure we well, clear that up. No. Banjo's the dog. Banjo's, Banjo's the dog. my dog. He wanted to make a new dog door out mm. of my window. So oh. went straight through it. And so that's what I was doing. So, But he got know. cut up, right? You told me. <laughs> is he okay? cut him. Well, I, you know, I don't even really care if he's okay. <laughs> no, you do. Matt, we you all do care, care about Banjo. Yes, I do absolutely. care. No, he was he was fine. He had like a little cut. Um, glasses everywhere. But you know, I what prompted him to go through the window? Another dog. Oh, mm. he saw a dog outside. Yeah, he was he's like, like I'm, okay. Oh no, this is my yard. Was he going to make a friend or fight? Fight. Oh wow. I like so, that. So what happened when he went through the window after the other dog? Did he connect well, with the other dog? He made it through the window. But then he decided that no, I didn't want to go that, so I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the door. Okay. So he's like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm supposed <laughs> the to go other to dog the door. smaller, further away. <laughs> Once he saw him, he was like, no, I don't want anything yeah. to do that. Yeah, I got you. That's so, great. Poor so banjo. Now there's like plywood on there because you know I can't get somebody out there to fix it for another week. So that's awesome. <laughs> Should have called me. I I'll come say, on I, over, I, man. No, no, I, he's fine. gonna go buy well, some more golden screws. <laughs> he's got this taken care of, buddy. Not a problem. I, you know, He'll fix your mailbox while he's at it. I got to get my saw out. You know, my screw. Wow. Okay. Screw gun. gun. Screw gun. <laughs> That's what we in Mississippi call it. A, a drill driver. Yeah. Yeah. Screw gun. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had a pretty pretty low key weekend. I installed a, a floating shelf in our front room, so that was fun. I don't oh. know what that is. It's one of those shelves, you know, where like it's just like a, it looks like it's just attached to the wall, like it so doesn't it's a actually two by four on a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks nicer than a two by four. You know, it's wow. yeah. So it's, it's called a floating shelf. You, you got fancy yeah. on this chat. I did. I, I mean, you flo- floating <laughs> shelf. I floating thought it was like a, right. you got yeah. a pool. I know what we're talking about. No, okay. no. So it was. Uh, so we did that and then just kind of hung out. I got to eat dinner uh, with my parents last night, so that was fun. We went over to Baumhauer's. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. I have. And uh, I, I strate- have been to they, Well, it was a couple nights ago. I strategically went there uh, to watch the uh, the Auburn game, and so that was uh, that was a Wait, lot of fun. Auburn. Basketball, basketball. They, they did right. not. Well, I left at halftime. They, they were winning, so it they, was really exciting. They were winning at halftime, and I tell you what, it wasn't so much they lost as the other team won. Right, uh, it's a really good team. I think right. they may win at all. Houston, uh, Houston, Houston. Yeah. They, yeah. they were good, really they, good. So Auburn's got nothing to be ashamed of. No, they, absolutely not. Good season, good, good game. They just ran up against a really good team. Purdue, on the other hand, they they uh, they had a rough one, man. They lost yeah. to somebody's great uncle named Farley Dickinson. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's Farley, wait, what? Farley Adam, Dickinson. To explain this, they, the number one seed lost to the number 16 seed that technically wasn't even like supposed to be there. It was like the some other team. time that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. so it was kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bad so, day. And the 16 <laughs> seed's named Farley Dickinson. Yeah, Farley. That's, right. <laughs> that's, that's your favorite team, right? That's my favorite team, man. Right. Go yeah. with Farley. So, yeah. Fighting Farley. That's I don't even know what, what is their mascot? I don't even know. I don't even Who care. But somebody else. Some, some, guy, some guy named Farley, I guess. You know, he's just hanging out. <laughs> Sitting on his rocker, you know. That's right. But anyway, right, so cool. yeah, March Madness is pretty crazy this week, well underway. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Congrats to Alabama. Yeah, for winning Alabama their game. fans are excited. Yep. Their team's still going. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 good. Felt bad. So one of my good friends is a Kansas fan. So I had to call and kind of talk him for a few things. Yeah, this he's past fine. He, well, they won last year. That's right. So can
Kennesaw State University was in the tournament. In, so I grew up in Kennesaw. Okay. So when I was growing up, that was a really small school. And they were saying in the broadcast, it's their 18th year of Division One basketball. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. Because 18 years ago, I was a college pastor, primarily doing ministry on the campus of oh, Kennesaw wow. State. And okay. I remember when they started the basketball program. So it was really cool to see them. They almost won. They played a really good game right. and lost at the very end. It's the only team from the state of Georgia. <laughs> that's that's yeah, there? Georgia's oh, not there. Georgia Tech's not there. But good old Kennesaw State. <laughs> that's baby. Kennesaw State. Representing yeah. Kennesaw Represent. State. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So that well, fun. good. One we'll of their players is from Montgomery. Really? Yeah, I played high school ball here in Montgomery. So that was fun. Um, they played a great game. But yeah, I love March Madness. Yeah. It's fun to watch every year. My boys filled out brackets this year. Oh, they're all blown up, aren't they? Yeah. Like every I haven't filled out a bracket in 15 years. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I just, at some point, I'm like, I got to move on from this because <laughs> I get really obsessed with it, you know, and I actually think that it should be correct. Wow. So, yeah. No, I wonder no. what the odds of getting that correct are. Like, it's never happened. Has There's it never, never happened? There's never been okay. a complete correct bracket. Wow. And all of the official, you know, things. Sure. People, like, yeah, ESPN it doesn't happen. For us that don't know about basketball, what do you mean correct bracket? It's too long to explain. There, there's, there's 64 <laughs> on, teams. Man. It's a tournament, single elimination. You basically decide who you think is going to win like each the, game all the way like down the to the last It's like the World Cup one. without oh, ties. That's and right. when you lose, you go home. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. right. Exactly. Okay. But, like the groupings in the World Cup, yeah. they have four groupings in the okay. basketball and you're all working to get final four teams. Right. Okay. So yeah. Only four groups. Only four groups. That's right. So anyway, so lots of fun happening it's a merging of worlds man <laughs> i know i'm learning Fantastic. so much today we're, we're, we're going to teach him about sports that aren't soccer so it's uh it, it'll be good wow uh thanks man or as we like to say sports that's right oh <laughs> so, man shots fired what a haymaker oh, that no, i like soccer it's the most beautiful game that's it's wonderful right. so go messy <laughs> wow. speaking of this past weekend we had a great weekend here at vaughn forest church it was awesome and uh great worship lots yeah. of folks here began a brand new series and and we'll get to that in a second uh uh, but before we launch into that series, uh, you started off your sermon with reading off some numbers, celebrating a few things. And I just, for anyone that missed it, I want to kind of go over that stuff again, celebrate that again. It was really, really great. Yeah. Over the last six weeks, 121 first time guests. That's amazing. 419 different kids and or teenagers yeah, checked right? into our kids and student ministry. Wow. Um, you know, attendance of, was it 1064? 10, 54? Yeah, 57? Yeah. 57. Yeah. It was 1,050 something. <laughs> something yeah, right. something yeah, right. in that ballpark. Yeah. That's right. That's up from 829 this time last year and 555 two years ago. It's 100% so, growth in two years. Yeah. So God's been really good. I, I, I talked about how we don't factor in our online attendance right. into that. We know we have a good online mm-hmm. congregation. They're just right. as much a part of our Bond Force family. We're just not smart enough to figure out how to count them. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're not going to, like, like, mag- like, I'm sorry, I see these churches, like, we're running 2,000 people. 1,300 of them are joining us online. Cool. We're what just right. not going to do right. that. Right. Right. Fine. Yeah. So it's not that? a right or a wrong. Yeah. We've just decided we're not going to do that. But yeah, God's been good, and we've seen a lot of people um, coming for the first time, a lot of them coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 kids and parents going through Kid Faith. Yeah. Uh, baptized two more, so now we're up to 13 or 15 baptisms yeah. in the last six weeks. And so God's good, and the whole point of talking about that is to celebrate um, God's faithfulness. Mm. You know, you want to stop and you want to celebrate. And and yeah. so and then the other thing is, I want to celebrate all the people who make this happen. Right. Yes, God is pouring out His blessing, but if we don't have workers, mm-hmm. <laughs> if we don't have people who step up and serve and mm-hmm. give of yeah. their time and sacrifice. Then then that that works in tandem with God's blessing. Yeah. Right. So I want to celebrate both. I want to celebrate God, and I want to celebrate all of you who make this happen every single week. And so we're going to do that every now and then and just stop and pause and reflect and celebrate. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Well, you know, so we started a new series. Yeah, Broken Crown. Broken Crown. uh, Crown. 
I always want to put an S. I do too. Yeah, like I do too. Broken Crown. Well, Chris Bell named the book without an S. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Broken Crown. Uh, so let's talk about the big idea. Um, the big idea behind this series and what parts of Scripture we're looking at and stuff like that. Mostly First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, that the idea of when. The king came along, the role of the king. Mm-hmm. There's different people who held that title. Right. There's some interesting stories. And <laughs> so we're saying. just taking three weeks, and we're looking at them, and we're trying to glean some of the lessons from some yeah. of their stories. Because mostly we you know, we know about David. We've mm-hmm. kind of heard the big stories about David. Some people know about Solomon because he built the temple. Yeah. But there's a lot of other people that were also king, yeah. and this book does a good job drawing our attention to them, their stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and hopefully what we can learn from it. And so I'm recommending the book as a resource in the series. And then, you know, just decided, you know, I've studied the life of Saul for a long time. Um, I just decided I'm going to do one message, see how many <laughs> lessons I I had like eight or nine. I eventually yeah. had to narrow oh, it down gosh. to five. <laughs> and even that was kind of hard to get all five yeah. of them in. But, you know, he's that's probably a whole series waiting yeah. to happen. Yeah, just, looking at you know, Saul's all the different yeah. things. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully it was encouraging and helpful. Yeah, and a good a little bit of a warning, too. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. So we did talk about Saul today, first king of Israel. And uh, I want to take just a few moments because... There's some really interesting things, like you said, that happened. I, I want to unpack the story of how Saul became king of Israel. And like it seems like it started kind of poorly and then went poorly. Is this a common thing? Talk to me a little bit about, about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it started poorly and it went poorly. The answer is yes, Dad. The old saying, got off on the wrong foot. It yeah. might have originated from this story. With Saul, yeah. Yeah, so a little bit of um, a misunderstanding over the years has been that God never intended for there to be a king. And and I would push okay. back very strongly against that, okay? Because Jesus is the king of kings. Right. Prophet, priest, and king, the three roles in the Old Testament, Jesus ultimately fulfills all three, prophet, right. priest, and king. We get to King Jesus from King David. So I do think in, in the progressive revelation of God syncing up when he wants to do what he wants to do at particular times in history, there was going to be a king. Okay. Mm. I think that the people of God lost their focus and asked for a king like the other nations have. Uh, okay. If they yeah. had sought after God, a king like you have been our king, a man after your own heart as as what we ultimately see from David, but they were asking for the wrong thing, and they got what they asked for. <laughs> and so Saul, in many ways, um, is he a tragic character? Is he a victim of circumstances? Is he a disobedient jerk? Is he someone who seeks vengeance? And the answer would be all of the above. <laughs> right. But will he be with us in heaven? The, all of the above. <laughs> I think yes. Mm. I think Saul yeah. will be with us in heaven. Mm. I, I, I don't think that there's evidence that he... he did something to separate himself from God. Now, there's sure. all these passages. God removed his spirit. There's he right, visits yeah. with the witch in Endor. Like there, like I yeah, said, yeah, there's yeah. a whole series <laughs> what, waiting what do you to do happen. That story, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we didn't hit on that one. But yeah. yeah, Saul's a tragic character. I mean, everything about his life ultimately. Every time he could have done the God honoring thing, he just did the exact opposite. Right. Right. And um, I'm grateful he's in God's word because I've seen. I see myself in the story of Saul mm-hmm. far too many times where I'd love to say I'm more like King David. Well, we did a message on him a few weeks ago that right. was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. But like oftentimes when faced with a choice to make, we, we, we can be just like Saul. Yeah. Yeah. So let's try to learn from his life and hopefully get the lessons to help us grow in our 
in our sanctification with the Lord. Yeah, I just think it's real interesting. You put yourself in his, you know, his his shoes. So he's going to find these lost. Was it sheep? Uh, some sheep or lambs? Whatever. Had, had donkeys. Donkeys. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. Excuse yes. me. Yeah. And and he shows up looking <laughs> for these things, and all of a sudden, like. Samuel's like, oh, by the way, you're the next king. And he's hiding, you know, and, and I mean, to put ourselves in his shoes when he hears this news and then boom, this is going to happen. Like that had to have been tough to hear and tough to swallow. So, you know, I, I can feel for him. But then, yeah, all the other things you talked about. He never connected the dots. Hmm. So we didn't even get into the story prior to all this. Like Saul was kicking butt and taking names, if I can say so. Like if you read yeah. like some of the things he was yeah. doing. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a okay. warrior. So. He never connected the dots, mm. which David did. David connected the dots very quickly when he is on the battlefield about to fight Goliath. He says, God delivered me from the hand of the lion, or Paul the lion, from the lion, right. from the bear. He'll deliver me from this Philistine. Right. So for Saul, he had already seen what could happen. So now that he's in this new role, he should have connected those dots. Yeah. If God's been faithful in the past, he's called me to this now. And it wasn't exactly what I saw coming, but he'll be faithful now to help me in this. Right. And he he couldn't do that. Yeah. He was insecure. Mm -hmm. He cared too much about what other people thought. He didn't connect the dots. He gave into his fear. And once you combine all of those things in any of us, that's going to yeah. be a formula yeah. for disaster. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but when you know you talked about how originally you feel like it was supposed to be Saul versus Goliath, like that was the original plan, that really struck me because look at what all he gave up by by disobedience right. and by running from God. And I think it's very interesting. Yeah, God's going to accomplish his purposes with right. or without yeah. our obedience. Yeah. yeah. So at some point, I mean, God in his sovereignty always knows how everything's going to play out anyway. Right. We know that. But yeah, I mean, David just... David just going to take bread and cheese to his brothers. <laughs> right. That's all yeah. he's doing. Yeah. That's all Here's it took. David's cheese. like, hey, what's going on over there? Right, right, right. <laughs> he's taking care of business. <laughs> Saul's been scared for 40 days. The king's <laughs> promised his daughter. Unbelievable. Really? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Crazy. Well, you know, taking away from that first lesson, you said that God allows us to get what we want to, to show us that we really needed him. Um, so why does he operate like that? Why does like wouldn't it be easier for us to him to not let us fail? Why no, does he let No, no, no. No, it would be <laughs> no. It not be easier. Where, you know, again, I said it in the message, the number one <laughs> command in the Bible is remember. Yeah. You know, the Israelites, they literally 3 days after crossing the Red Sea, they're already grumbling. Yeah. <laughs> they're already complaining. You know, we we you know, Nick last week talked about the the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. If yeah. you keep reading and and John's gospel at least, John chapter 6, after Jesus has fed them the next day. They're like, hey, if you would just do a, a show us a sign that you're the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's what like, do you mean? I mean, yeah. you just ate yesterday. Don't you right. remember? John wrote it down. It's going to be in his gospel. You had three you know? fish and yeah. you all ate. Lo loaves or of two fish, fish and yeah. all ate. So, yeah, I mean, there's we're all forgetful, you yeah. know. So yeah. I do think that ultimately God knows the best thing for us in our lives is more of him, not less. Yeah. And in his goodness and his graciousness he will use every available opportunity to point that out to us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's through saying no. Sometimes it's through saying yes when he knows ultimately that's not really for their best, <laughs> but it's not sin, Yeah. but it'll redirect their hearts back to me. And so I think God will use anything in your life to remind you to seek him for who he is, mm -hmm. not for what he gives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so many times, if we're honest, we're really seeking God for the blessing he'll pour out instead of just seeking him for who he is. Oh, right. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So you talked about uh, how God answers prayers in one of four ways. I thought this was really good. You said, I want to read it. You said that he'll answer with grow, excuse me, go, grow, slow, 
and no. So can we unpack that a little bit more, what each one of those means and like what that looks like in our, in our prayer life? Well, I can manipulate my prayer life to hear go quite often. Right. You know? <laughs> to hear so, what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. I pray, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure the Lord said go. It could have been a bad taco. You know, it's like, <laughs> how do you actually have the discernment? Oh, a really good one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one of the things in the story where Saul decides to do the sacrifice, and I didn't have time to draw attention to it in the message, was it says he felt compelled. Uh, well, his, his feelings and his emotions betrayed him right. in that situation, okay? So I would say, first of all, when you're praying, are you asking for something in accordance with God's will? So that's a good place to start. And if you're okay. like, I don't even know what that is, well, then you need to spend some time in God's Word. Yeah. You know, you need to be reading God's Word and, and submitting requests that are not counter to what God would have for you, you know, in, in your life. But then if you sense that you're getting the go-ahead from the Lord— um, I'll, I'll tell you, someone in our church modeled this really well about nine months ago. Um, a guy in our church, he you know texted me one day and said, "Hey, can we grab lunch this week?" And I said, "Sure." So we grabbed lunch, and I you know we've had lunch before. I wasn't really sure if we're just catching up or what he wants to do. Sure. And he's like, "I want to run something past you." I said, "Okay." And he said, "Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I've been praying about. And here's what I think the Lord may be saying. Like, what do you think?" And I said, "Go." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Absolutely." Yeah. I said, "Yeah." And he and he like he kind of sat up and he was like. Are you serious? I said, Oh yeah, absolutely. I see this. I, I see this. This is from God. Like mm-hmm. I know you and I, what you're saying. Yes. Now there's no guarantee that like everything's going to work out great. Sure. But if you're asking me, should I take this step? I'm saying yeah. yes. And it may still be yeah. a journey to get there, right? Correct. Yeah. And so I think oftentimes the go in our lives are confirmations from people that we trust who walk with hmm. Jesus. I've n- Every time I've thought I heard go and didn't get that confirmed from another man of God, it wasn't a go. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was more of a slow or grow. Oh, but I turned okay. it into a go because right. I wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, if I've talked to other men and they say, yep, this is exactly what we think the Lord might be leading you to do, I, I feel comfortable moving forward. Right. If they say, yes, but probably not yet. So there's your own personal discernment, but then there's also discernment that comes from a brother in Christ who speaks, the Holy Spirit speaks through him to give clarity. And so I've been on both ends of that. I've okay. had people do that for me. And then, like I said, about nine months ago, I was able to do that for someone else. But you're probably going to need a little help from a Christ follower helping you discern, am I hearing go, grow, slow, or no, when it comes right. to these things? Mm-hmm. Now, the no's are usually a little easier to recognize, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. but the right. go, grow, and slow, sometimes not so much. Interesting. Well, you know, talking about Saul, you know, Saul wasn't confident in what God called him to do. And you were talking about that um, <clears throat> when we don't listen to God in private, we'll waver publicly. So, you know, my question is, like, what does that sound like? How do we know God's calling us? Or, t- or talking to us, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard God's voice. Hmm. You know. Yeah, well, you got to you got to get it from His Word, and yeah. you've got to get it solidified in identity, not necessarily mm-hmm. what you're doing. So, you know, for Saul, his identity is tied to what he has to do. You okay. are the king. Yeah, you got to act like a king. You know, so <laughs> you got to go out there and fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you've got to hear privately from the Lord all things concerning identity. Okay. Um, for a lot of people, the voice of God in their life is a voice correcting behavior. Mm-mm. It's a voice okay. saying, okay. don't do this, don't do that, burn those CDs, and quit <laughs> sinning, because that's what they were taught, and that's what they did at camp yeah, when they were a kid. Right. They got saved, and the next don't thing they had to do CDs, was, you know, man. get rid of their Metallica CDs, okay? So oftentimes... <laughs> These days, you just burn my iPhone, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't burn my iPhone. <laughs> the voice of God can Android. be more towards behavior. Mm. Yeah. So you've got to learn how to discern the voice of God towards your identity. 
Okay. Christianity is not a set of beliefs you can walk away from. Mm. Christianity is a change of identity of who you are. Oh, wow, that's good. Yeah. So if you understand the basis of my beliefs is actually a change in identity, yeah. all right, well, then how frequently do you need to be reminded of that? Daily. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, constantly. Who are you and whose are you? Yeah. Those are the two questions that I was asked multiple times mm-hmm. when I was a teenager by my parents. Who are you and whose are you? <laughs> yeah. And those are the questions that yeah. I now ask my boys. You know, who are you and whose are you? And the answers have nothing to do with me and Morgan. Right. You know, I'm, you've got to get an identity. But but it's not enough for me as a dad to even have those conversations. They've got to cultivate that in right. their own time in yeah. God's word. Yeah. Hearing the way you hear God's voice is through his word. He mm-hmm. has already spoken. Yeah. Now, as you read God's word, there will be promptings <clears throat> of the Holy Spirit. There will be times when you think, I think the Lord is really speaking to yeah. me. I believe right. that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be in cooperation with his yeah. word. And to the degree that you're in his word, it's to the degree you'll probably experience more of that right. in your yeah. life. And so it starts there. But if, you, if you're not grounded in identity, it's going to be very challenging to move forward and actually walk with Jesus because mm-hmm. so many other things are going to try to shape your identity. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Probably not going to be the burning bush. Probably <laughs> right. spending time. In right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you're you said that the third mistake that that uh, Saul made was he didn't wait on Samuel to offer the sacrifice. And I got to be honest with you, when I'm reading this part of the story, you know, correct me if I get any of this wrong, but like I kind of can identify with Saul a little bit here because like he waits for the appropriate time for Samuel to show up. Samuel doesn't show up. He sees the men being discouraged. He thinks he's about to get attacked, and he's offering a sacrifice, theoretically, to honor the Lord, unless I'm misunderstanding here. So help me understand, what did Saul do wrong here? It's a great observation, and you're right. When you read that, it's like, man, like I'm pretty sure I would have done the same thing. Exactly, yeah. So here's the principle. Pragmatism can't be more important than obedience. And enthusiasm can't be more important than obedience. Oh, that hurts. Mm. <laughs> so oftentimes our enthusiasm will outpace our obedience. Yeah. There's a story yeah. about that in the Old Testament where David is moving the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. And he puts yeah. it on a cart being pulled by an ox and it starts to fall off. And dude goes to catch it yeah. and he touches it and he dies. Right. <laughs> It's like, what? Was he supposed to let the ark just tumble on the ground? Right, yeah. And so what you see there is David had not sought the Lord's way for transporting the ark. It was clearly laid out in his word. Uh Here's how to transport the ark. You use poles, use priests, you walk it. You don't put it on a cart. That's Uh how pagan gods move their idols. Okay. So David is so enthusiastic to get the ark back to Jerusalem, he forgets obedience. So we've all done that. Mm. Saul, in this particular account, is being so pragmatic— that he forgets obedience. Hmm. Obedience oftentimes feels counter to pragmatism. Obedience is more important than our enthusiasm. I would rather somebody obey without enthusiasm than be enthusiastic and be living in disobedience. And so, you know, be careful that you don't let your pragmatism get in the way of your obedience. If, If God has spoken and told you Don't do this. Right. Regardless of all of the evidence, Samuel may not show, my army's starting to leave. You've got to care enough about obedience to just say, well, this decision's already been made. Right. Regardless of everything else that's going on around. But, you know, I think for Saul, it was the pragmatism. And for those of you listening, which one are you? Which one are you more tempted 
to use as, in your mind, a healthy motivation for disobedience. Sure. Yeah. In other words, it's easier to justify your disobedience either through pragmatism or enthusiasm. And I think all of us are wired kind of one way or the other. Right. And again, we see from David, the enth- now that's David. Right. I mean, it's not a surprise that David's would be enthusiasm, mm-hmm. but for right. Saul, it was, it was pragmatism. And either one ultimately is not as important as just simply being obedient to what God has already told you to do. So, so to ask kind of a history question then, so, you know, again, it's about disobedience. It wasn't necessarily, it, it wasn't what he was doing, it was that he did it when God had said otherwise. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. You kind of you mentioned it, like the, the prophet, the priest, and the king. So the king was not supposed to offer the sacrifice. And then I love how you talked about how all three of those were fulfilled in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews talks yeah, about? that's right. So I think that's, that's just really interesting how, you know, these different roles that they had and the obedience and disobedience that came with each one of those. And now we don't have, so we don't have to keep up with all that. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it, was yeah. a very, it was a very real thing then. Right. Yeah. And it was a, obviously a, a huge act of defiance towards God is ultimately wow. what Saul's doing that that's day. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, your third lesson was that we need to seek to please God alone and listen to those to, who encourage us to walk with the Lord. How does that um, jive with the idea of befriending uh, people far from God, yeah. far from the Lord, and then encouraging them to follow Jesus? Yeah, you got to have there's there's multiple layers of friendships in our lives. Mm-hmm. So if we were going to draw concentric circles, is it the know, circle thing again? Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right, I love that yeah. thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of concentric circles and four quadrants. I like both. <laughs> I like okay. I like it. So Geometry one, theology. If you're like concentric circles, <laughs> great. Think, think of a bullseye. And so yeah. at the center of your life, there needs to be friends in the inner circle. And if you're a Christ follower, these folks need to all be Christ followers, mm-hmm. and there needs to be very few of them. Like, sure. These are the yeah. people yeah. that they like know core. everything about you, and they yeah. still love you. Yeah. Okay? They know everything about you, they still love you, and they're trying to help you grow in your godliness. They're not mm-hmm. just going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. You know, so that's that's very few yeah. people Mature in this world. Mature believers, yeah. Right. Yeah. So then you get on another circle, and you would say, these are my good Christian friends. Like, they love Jesus, I love mm-hmm. Jesus, but, but I don't know if they have that kind of access to my life. Sure. Then you would get into a circle where you're like, these are more of acquaintances. acquaintances. These are people I know. I know their name. They know my name, but we're not necessarily like, you know, we don't buy matching sweatshirts. And then, you know, you've got this this greater sphere of influence mm-hmm. with all of the people that God has strategically placed you in close proximity with to mm-hmm. be a light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the way you relate to people in each one of those circles is going to look different. Yeah. It is going to look yep. different. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can be someone who walks with Jesus and has friends in all of those different circles, and then you plan your life accordingly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a college student, who should you spend Friday nights with? Might I suggest one of the two inner circles? Right. Okay. Right. You probably don't need to go out with the crowd on the because you're trying to be an influence in their life, and yeah, you might get caught up in some trouble that they're going to get themselves <laughs> yeah. into. So yeah. it might be best to not hang out with them on Friday nights. Maybe right? not. Maybe right. not. So you've got to have a little bit of discernment. But yes, it, it is a both and. There are people that we need to be a light in their lives, and then there are people that we need in our lives to help strengthen our walk with the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the folks on your inner circle, they've got to care more about pleasing God than pleasing you. Yeah, They've also got to be an encourager because mm-hmm. we all get discouraged. Yeah. No one's ever said, I've gotten way too much encouragement in my life. You know, stop <laughs> with the encouragement. It's never happened. So you got to have encouragers. You've got to be an encourager. Yeah. And then you've got to have people in your life who actually take God up at his word. 
that when you say things like, I think the Lord might be leading me, yeah. they don't how it to death. Right. They, they, they basically say, well, let's unpack that. Like, let's yeah. see right. where I the Lord's in this yeah. and yeah. how this could actually begin to happen. And then, yeah, there's going to, at some point, there's going to have to be a plan. <laughs> yeah. But right. that, that have to be the first step. Yeah. You know? Don't howl me right now. Don't howl me right now. Like, <laughs> let me dream a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And all of us don't need shoot to, me down. Yeah. All of us need to dream more. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we might I do that. a series called Dream On and, uh, you know, have a little song come in there. <laughs> hey, so, uh, little all of little us need to dream more in our lives, yeah. you know, dream bigger dreams for God. And so you got to have people in your life that, that, that fuel that, right. you know what I'm saying? That spark that a little bit. And you have to be so wise about who you let in what circle, because have you ever had that mistake happen where you realize you've let someone, you let a month, or, you yeah, know, wait, wait, um, a Monday you, friend into a Friday. Friend? That's right. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough situation. That's a very, George Costanza, worlds are colliding. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> a George divided against himself cannot stand. So great. All right. So oh. one of the things you said so was that uh, disobedience is evidence of not trusting God. So my question for you is, do you think that there are areas of our lives that we think we are trusting God, we think we are obeying God, and we actually are not? Absolutely. Okay. So um, let's start with money. Okay. So... Again, and let's go back to Saul's pragmatism. You know, <laughs> let's tithe 10% and live on 90%. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, I don't know why God would say that. I've sure. got a much better plan of what to do with my money than what God says. I'm going to live on 100% of it. Okay. Well, you're being disobedient. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. No, I'm not being disobedient. That's your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. It's what God's Word <laughs> says. What the Bible says, yeah. But, like, I, I mean, people will talk themselves out of every possible scenario mm. to keep themselves from tithing. It's unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> so someone says, well, the New Testament never mentioned tithing, Pastor. And I'm like, okay, that's my like goofy church <laughs> that, person. That voice, right? yeah, it was good. It's like, a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Okay. So you're telling me that from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, you know, you've heard it said, don't murder, but I'm telling you right now, you're not supposed to hate your enemy. Jesus says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but all of y'all committed adultery because you lusted in your heart. Mm, yeah. That somehow grace calls us to a lower standard. Right. So in the Old Testament, you're tithing, but because of grace now, we actually actually don't have to tithe anymore. So no, tithing is the training. Tithing is like a tricycle. Tithing is how you get started. The New Testament actually calls you to giving all of it away. Hmm. I was about to say, isn't there the story of the talent? Like, Yeah, so it, it's, but again, if, if if you are not trusting God with your finances, here's, yeah. here's the litmus test. You're returning 10% of your income to God through the local church. Right. Okay. 10%. You're not giving 10%. You're returning 10%. Right, yeah. God says, if you don't do that, you're robbing me. These are God's words, not mine. Malachi, okay? And it's funny how people go, well, I don't know if Malachi... It's like now you're picking and choosing which parts <laughs> of the Bible you like, yeah. okay? Okay, yeah. let's, you know, 10%. Giving doesn't start until we start talking about the 90%. Mm. So what you, now you can live a generous life from the overflow of your heart out of the remaining 90%. But there are a lot of Christians who would tell you, I trust God with my finances, but mm. they're not being obedient with mm. their finances. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about sexual purity. There's there's, you know, this wave that, you know, I picked up on just with <clears throat> younger generations that somehow sexual purity isn't as big a deal anymore right. um, as it used to be. It's like, I'm sorry, what? No, it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. It's it's all over God's word. But pragmatism creeps in. So how will we know if we're compatible unless we live together? Or how do we know if we're compatible compatible sexually unless we sleep together? Mm. And it's like all these 
reasons that people give for doing things the way they want to do them, and then they act like they can expect God's blessing. It's like you're blatantly right. being disobedient. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, now, once you're married, it's not like the battle of sexual purity goes away. Right. Like you can be married and you can be engaged in all kinds of things in your mind with things you don't need to be looking at and stuff yeah. you don't need to be participating in. Right. And and then you're but you're asking God to bless. And so I could take any area of all of our lives and just basically ask this question, is God first in that area of your life? Yeah. Any area of your life you want God to bless, put him first. Hmm. If God's not in first place in your career, in your marriage, your parenting, your finances, your physical health, your emotional health, every area of your life, don't expect God's blessing if you haven't placed him there first and you are not seeking obedience. Not perfect. God is after your heart. He's not after your perfection. Jesus right. already took care of that. Right. God looks at your heart. God's interested. I mean, David says, if you want sacrifices, I'd have given you sacrifices. But what you want is a broken and contrite heart. This right. is what we see in, in <clears throat> Psalms 51. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes. We can all do it, and right. we are currently all doing it, right. where we have convinced ourselves that we are being fully obedient in a particular area of our life, seeking God's blessing, and God's going, but you're not obeying me in this area. Yeah. And so when that happens, what's your response? Do you agree with God? Do you confess it? And do you realign your life? Yeah. Or do you dig your heels in and say, no, I know better than God? <clears throat> either from pragmatism or enthusiasm. Right. But either one of those things is ultimately going to lead you further away from God. Right. It takes an immense amount of trust to say, okay, God, I'll stay sexually pure till I'll get married. Okay, God, I'll return 10% of my income when the math doesn't make sense. That yeah. is trust. Right. Yeah, trust is. is not verbal assent. Trust is action. I'm going right. to do something about it. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and it, it follows a pattern we see play out in Scripture over and over again. Obedience met with blessing, disobedience with curse. And so when, I love what you said about these different areas of our lives. If we feel like we're struggling with them, when we put God first, then, man, the uh, the blessing that, that comes after that. I thought There's that was There's got to be fruit. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're That's not right. saved by our works, but we are saved for works. Right. And so if you're telling me, like, I'm a Christ follower, I'm on board with Jesus, but there's no areas of your life that's fruit. There's no areas <laughs> of your life that are marked by obedience. I'm not so sure what Jesus yeah. you're on board with. Right. It's not the one the New Testament presents us at all. Yeah. And so sometimes we've got to let God's word get up in our grill a little bit and challenge us yeah. and then respond accordingly. Yeah, and I, and I love what you said there about Jesus, grace, raising the standard. Yeah. I yeah. think that's so important because, again— People think this whole license to sin thing, like, no, 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 you're, you were actually freed <laughs> up so you don't have to sin anymore. I, I, I love that, what you said there. Yeah. Well, I really liked your last point. Uh, when it's time to fight passive, pass, passivity. 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 Fun word yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say it. Passivity is far greater than, than the cost of action. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. How do we know when it's time to act versus time to sit back and let God act? It does take wisdom. Mm -hmm. It does take wisdom. I mean, there, there's a time to get the battle plans together. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus says, you know, a man wouldn't go buy, build a house unless he had counted the cost first. Right. So, yeah, there's certainly a time for planning, and mm -hmm. there's a time for all of those things. But when God brings the battle to you, it's time to fight. <laughs> Pick your and shield up so and your sword. It is time to fight. So in this particular situation, all the planning in the world's taking place. Yeah. The tents have been pitched. The army's there. Somebody's cooking dinner. We're here. Right. <laughs> He's walking out here and challenging God yeah. and calling you out. Yeah. That is 
if, if there's not a fight. clear way of saying it's time <laughs> hey, to go, I uh, don't know what it is. <laughs> right. But he was so consumed by his fear yeah. that he couldn't see it for what it was. It could have been his greatest moment as king. I was king. about to say, like, yeah. come on now. Could have been his greatest moment as king. But why is this scenario playing itself out? Because, again, there's always a story happening beneath the story that only God knows about. Mm-hmm. Just, just always remember that. So what's the story happening beneath the story? Saul, God's already moved on from Saul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's already moved on from Saul um, to the extent that he will, in his supernatural sovereign hand, make sure he summons Jesse, uh, excuse me, summons David, David from Jesse to this battlefield. Yeah. Right. At this point in David's life, he's already been anointed as the next king, mm-hmm. but he's still out tending sheep. And so his own brothers, are, you know, they're, they're kind of frustrated to see him that yeah. way. So the story behind the story is God's already moved on. Yeah. Um, there's a great book um, called The Anointing by R.T. Kendall. Um, you may read it and go, I'm not 100% on board theologically with everything I read in the book. Well, yeah, unless it's the Bible. I'm not so sure that's the litmus test we should judge books <laughs> right. by. But I like R.T. Kendall. And this particular book is called The Anointing. Uh-huh. I read it, I don't know years and years and years ago. And I read it at least every other year. Sometimes I try to read it once a year. But he talks in the book about how Saul was yesterday's man, Samuel was today's man, and David was tomorrow's man. Mm. And so many times in our lives, like that's what happens. Like there is a person who is in a position who does have some God-given authority, but from God's perspective, they're yesterday's man. Mm. God's already moved on. Yeah. God's already chosen to use someone else, but they're still in the position. They're right. still yeah. in the right. prominence. They're still calling the shots. And right. then you've got David over here. God's already put his blessing and his anointing on David. It's going to be 20 years before David gets to the official <laughs> right. position. Really? That yeah. long? That long. Yeah, wow. So that's what's so interesting about this whole part of the Bible. But I do think it's an interesting thing to learn, and I think it's a really good thing to help the next generation understand. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's your kids or whether it's, you know, you serve in the student ministry that, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I see teenagers all the time. Like, mm-hmm. God's called me to this. I, I believe God's. And the answer is absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be 20 years before that's realized. Right. Will you keep walking in faithful obedience? Yeah. Right. That's or right. do you think because God called you, the next uh-huh. thing is now you're supposed to have the position, have the influence, have the authority? Yeah. Right. It usually doesn't work that way. Right. So how do you discern whether or not somebody's truly been called by God? They keep walking in obedience with or without any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And they trust and in due time as God sees fit, he'll make all of that happen. Yeah. But they're more interested in seeking after God than any of that stuff anyway. Right. That's what right. it looks like to be a man or woman after God's own heart. So uh yeah. But when it's time to fight, it's time yeah. to fight. <laughs> right. And and I think the passivity <laughs> is just it's way too prevalent. Um mm-hmm. and in our churches, yeah. if I can just be blunt. Yeah. Where what's going on in the world around us right yeah. now. Like if you think passivity is the approach, I, I'm, I don't, no. I don't, you know. So at some point, like we have to recognize. Now I'm not saying you know we, we need to all bunker down and you know get MREs and you know <laughs> live in. They're a, not you know, great anyway. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about MREs are not great. It, it, on some level, like we're engaged in this battle already, whether right. we realize it or not, and right. it kind of chose us yeah. for such a time as this. What's our response going to be? Yeah. And I think that as Christ followers, we have to recognize just kind of the times we live in and what's happening and the ideas that are being, you know, perpetuated into our kids and to yeah. the next generation. Yeah. If somebody doesn't stand up and go, no, then it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Because yeah. evil doesn't stop on its own. 
Mm-hmm. Someone has to stop it. Right. And so those are kind of the days we're in. It's what yeah. the New Testament says will happen at the end times. But are God's people going to stand up and right. be like, no, not on our watch? Yeah. You know, this is, you see what I'm saying? No, I just yeah. think it's part of what it means to be a Christ follower. Yeah. And, and this is a great illustration of that passivity. Uh, look at the regret. Look at what it's going to cost Saul down um, down well, the line. Look at what it's going to cost everyone else. Again, Saul, when he hears David, or Saul has slain his thousands, <laughs> David his tens of thousands, he's thinking back to that moment. Had he gone out there and faced Goliath, I was about to say, Saul could have been different. Do you think that maybe like the reason why he didn't ask is because he felt like God had already removed that from him? I don't think that Saul knew how to discern God any uh, longer mm, at okay. that point. Yeah. Um, and maybe so, that's why the fear set in mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So... You have to have a supernatural perspective to stare down a giant and go, oh, God will take care of you. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. I'm going to get a rock. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, David— You got your sword. I got my rock. It's a different perspective. Yeah. You right. know, and so Saul, unfortunately, was at a point in his life where he, he wasn't able to hear right. God, which, man, that that's a really sobering thought. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be a Christ follower, and you could be at a place in your life where you're no longer yeah. clearly hearing from the Lord, but yeah. you think you are. And, and so you tell other people what they should or shouldn't do, and you act like you're speaking on God's behalf, and you are not. not. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that's a sobering reality that, unfortunately, is the case in most of our churches today. Mm-hmm. Well, and There's think, a reason why most churches are dying. It, Might I suggest <laughs> it's people who no longer clearly hear from God, mm-hmm. who are convinced they do, telling the people who are hearing from God, no, we're going to keep right. doing it this way. Well, and I think that that's the goes story back, of the church in America. Yeah, I think that that's why it's important to have that core group of friends because they will always right. make sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, gentlemen, this has been a fantastic discussion. Which I'm grateful we don't have that here at Vaughn Force. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But we yeah. like we could we could become yeah, that. Yeah, I know, mean, it, you know, at any anybody can become that. We can right. become that in our lives. A church can become yes. that. Yeah. And so we have to always be mindful. And and I would say the gap, like what what closes that gap, what grows that gap, mm-hmm. is the time from conviction to confession. Yeah. When you sin, and you will today a lot, okay, <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit convicts you, what is the gap what do from you do? your conviction to your confession? Yep. And the longer you let that gap grow, the longer, the, mm-hmm. the, the wider the gap grows yeah. for being able to clearly hear from God. And it will get to a point where your conscience is seared, Yeah. where you're no oh, wow. longer hearing from God. God is still speaking, convicting. <clears throat> You're not experiencing the conviction because your conscience is seared. Yeah. Now you're justifying all the sin you're doing. And if God, if God didn't like it, He'd be telling me He He do has. Do you see how dangerous this <laughs> yeah, is? Yes. Right. Yeah. So yes. You, you need to keep that timeline short from yeah. conviction to confession right. to keep that open line of communication between you and the Lord. Well, and we right. talked about grieving the Holy Spirit, and that that's it's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. So like He'll He'll let you know, and you better better act on it. Yeah. yeah. And, your, and your motivation is the relationship, not that you got caught. That's you know, exactly yeah, that's right. it. You know. Yeah. So that's I, I love. I really like what you said there about, you know, like, don't wait, man. Just, yeah, just repent. do it. Yeah, just just get back to it. Don't let that passivity come into your life. So. But anyway, no, this has been a great conversation, a great kickoff to the series. Looking forward uh, to next week as we continue this. And, I mean, Easter's right around the corner, guys. We talked about that. We talked <laughs> yeah. about that this weekend. Sunday, April 9th. Yeah, that it's right around the corner. And uh, Vaughn Forest folks, hope that you have your tickets, handing those out, uh, your Easter signs. We'll start seeing those popping up kind of kind of all around. Uh, so it'll be great. But before we get there, we still got uh, two more weeks of this series and looking forward uh, to to those two Sundays. So uh, that's going to do it for us here today on The Other Six Podcast. We appreciate you joining us and listening in. On behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we will catch you guys next time.